Well, this is She Buys It with Whitney Nicely. to the She Buys It podcast. I am so excited to talk with Modesta today because Modesta has been doing deals and wholesales and fix and flips and bond holds and the whole real estate stuff all while working, being a mom, being a wife, and being a sane person in this crazy world that we live in. (laughs) So Modesta is here with me and I've got to brag on her because not only is she doing amazing things by herself, she's partnered with one of my very best friends in real estate investing, April Crosley, and I'm so excited to see what these women are able to accomplish together and what they still manage to do by themselves too, because I love women helping women and women working with women to promote everybody. I love all of that. So this is going to be an awesome interview. Modesta, if you want to say hello and tell us a little bit more about yourself, now's your time. Okay. Um, Hi everyone. So I'm like what you said, my name's Modesta. Um, I reside in Pennsylvania. Um, so last August, I actually left my full-time uh, position, um, and I am now a full-time real estate investor. Um, but as Whitney mentioned, and we were talking about this before, is, you know, I am a full-time mom of two little girls and also a full-time wife. So, you know, that's like, what, three jobs? <laughs> yeah, so, at least three jobs right there. Three jobs, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been investing for a little over, I would say, three like real serious three years. Um, and so I do wholesaling, um, some flipping, um, I do hold rentals and I do some lending as well. I love all of that. And I want to reiterate that you were working a full-time job, nine to five in corporate America, wifing and momming and investing on the side for three years before you were able to say, I can do this full time. And I think that is beautiful. And congratulations also, because a lot of women, that's their goal, but they don't ever actually take the leap because it's scary Mm -hmm. to leave what we've been taught as regular steady income and take this leap of faith out into real estate investing where you got to work it, girl. Absolutely. Congratulations, though, because I think a lot of women say, I'm going to do this, but then somewhere along the way, they get distracted, they get comfortable, they get a raise, they get another week of vacation, and they're like, you know what? It's fine. I don't really need to leave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like walking into a um, a closed door, and when you open it, it's completely dark. You have no idea what you're doing. You know, you just have to trust yourself and trust God and just trust uh, the environment, you know, and just go for it. And have some confidence in yourself that you can actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. I mean... You see April's out there. She's making it happen. I'm out here. I'm making it happen. There's probably hundreds of thousands of us, probably, I hope, (laughs) doing this full time. And the more women that we can see making that leap, the more it's going to encourage the rest of us to come along. So congratulations. I'm super proud of you for that. Thank you. Let's talk about your first deal, though. I'm obsessed with the first deal because I think it's the most magical deal. Mm -hmm. Tell us about how you found it. what you did, what you were planning on doing and how it all worked together. Okay. So, um, my first, I guess my first real estate, um, experience, I would say, um, was my husband and I were actually looking to, to buy our first house. Um, and then during that time, the the company that I worked uh, for, uh, actually, um, ended up firing like over 3000 employees, I would say salaried employees. And I remember like looking at my husband and saying like, we need, another form of income because this can happen to anyone, you know? Um, And so we basically just like changed tracks at that moment. You know, I called my realtor and was like, Hey, is there any way that we could look at multi-units versus um, 
houses. And I explained what was going on. And he said, yeah, that's fine. You know, let's, let's look at that. And we ended up finding a multi-unit where we lived in one and rented the other. Um, so it was a duplex? Yes, it was a duplex. Yep. I love that. And I, if I could go back to college, if I could go back to my early twenties, mm -hmm. I would buy duplexes, triplexes, and quadplexes. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have ever even gotten started in houses. Now I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful that I got started in houses because now I've got you know, 15 of them mm -hmm. and that helped me get into multis, but it is so smart just to get started mm -hmm. in multis and live in one side and rent out the other. Yep. Perfect. Do it. Yep. So that's how we started. Yep. <laughs> That is fantastic. And I, somebody calls that what, house hacking. Is house that what hacking, they call yeah. that? Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I'm looking at a house right now and I'm already calculating, like, can I put the upstairs on Airbnb and let like a traveling <laughs> nurse yeah. stay there? Yeah. You know, like, how can I house hack a house house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always something you can do to make some more money here with some empty bedrooms. All right, so that was the first deal, and I guess it was pretty traditional, just regular financing and all that stuff. Yep. Tell us, have you done any creative financing? Um, well, actually, the multi-unit that I have now, the other one, I have a three-unit, um, it's actually seller financed. So um, the uh, previous owner is holding a note for me, um, yeah. I love that. So how did that conversation go? Did your agent find that one for you, or were you mailing? Or Yeah, we were mailing out. Um, and she contacted me. It was actually my first mailing that I sent out to, to Maltese. Yeah, it was pretty interesting because you always hear like, oh, you know, mailing's not working and, or it takes like seven to eight rounds. And so um, that it was my first round. She replied back. Um, and, and looking at the, the property itself though, she had had it on the market for a while. Um, and I don't think it's sold um, or she didn't get offers. And there was just a lot to it. Like the inspection was coming up and things like that. So um, there were just a lot of benefits of us buying it the way we did, uh, where she didn't have to deal with um, getting it up to codes or, or dealing with an inspection or an appraiser and, and things like that. So um, it, it was just a win-win for everyone. So tell me more about that because, I mean, is it okay to buy a property that's not up to code? How do you work around that or how do you bring it up to code periodically or tell me more about it? Yeah, so um, we basically, that was like... Um, the one reason why we were able to get it because we knew that it wasn't up to codes. Like there was, when I walked through it, I saw that the roof needed to be replaced and that the siding, there was just a lot going on. And um, once you buy the property here where, where I live, um, they, the city automatically sends you notes saying, stating that the inspectors are coming out, but you can um, delay it. You can say, Hey, I'm not ready yet. So I did it as many times as I could, which was three times. And then eventually like during that time though, my husband and I were working a lot on the property. I mean, I kept apologizing to my to my tenants and saying, listen, I know I'm here every single day and I'm a pain in the butt, but I need this property to be up to code, you know, and um and so finally, like last week, we passed. I mean, he just kind of was like, Great job. You guys did a fantastic job, you know. It was a lot of work though. And and buying seller financing, um, you know, the money is coming out of your pocket. So we kind of had to do things as gradually as we could, you know, in order to make it work. Yeah. What do you mean the money's coming out of your pocket? So um, typically when, when we buy properties, if we buy cash, we're taking all of the rehab things into account so that when we lend um, or, or when we get money from a lender, we have all that money into account. So with seller financing, in this case, um, we didn't, we weren't borrowing from anyone, right? Um, so we just had to figure things out on our own. You know, we took out a HELOC on our house. Um, able to pay off, you know, gradually. And then we were able to, to fix all the 
the pretty big, you know, roof and siding and things like that. Yeah. I think it's amazing that you're over there every day working on this property. Mm -hmm. Your tenants know you're going to be there and they've got to appreciate that you're improving the property. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure it was annoying. I'm sure it was annoying, but I'm, I'm sure that they appreciate that, that it's, it, it looks, it looks amazing. amazing. Tell me a little bit more about this seller though. Mm -hmm. Was she just neglectful or was there something going on that she wasn't making the improvements or tell me more about the seller? I don't, I mean, I, she lived out of, she, I, she lived in the state, but I think she was like at least an hour to an hour half away. Um, and I know that her job was very, um, commanding. So, um, I just think that it was just a distance and she had the property for a long time, a really long time. And so, um, I just think it got to the point where it was just, it was just a lot, you know, like the, the, the rehab costs and things like that. So, um, yeah. Once you have something for a long time, it's not, it doesn't have that new toy vibe to it anymore, you know, where it's not fun to go play with it. In yeah. the beginning, it's okay to drive an hour or two on the weekends and do a little this and that. And then it becomes like this awful headache. And then you got to find somebody and then you got to pay them. And then even if she's got it paid off free and clear, you've still got to pay people to go repair it. And you've got to balance the books on it. And if her job's really demanding, this could be, you know, the last straw. Absolutely. And then tenants, you know, dealing with tenants that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. I understand. <laughs> and, you know, right at three units, that is not always enough where it cash flows to pay a property manager properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and you're definitely not going to have somebody on site. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I could see where she just kind of let things go and then let things go mm -hmm. and then it's a year later and she can't sell it and mm -hmm. there are tons of sellers like that all across the country and they need somebody with some energy and you know fairly close by pretty yep. local so that they can stop buying tin to it mm -hmm. every day yep i think you know on Instagram and Facebook, we see everybody just winning just all the time, but we don't see people who are going and fixing problems every single day. So I think that is awesome. Yeah. You stuck to it mm -hmm. and moved it along. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that my husband's still around. He, he probably wanted to kick me <laughs> Um, but you know, we got through it. So that's all that matters. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> A little project's pretty good for morale sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> A little agree. team bonding <laughs> through the holidays. <laughs> yeah. um, do your, how old are your girls? Do they help? Uh, they're, well, they're two and three. Oh, they don't um, help. And so I would Oh my gosh, so you're balancing babies. Yeah, they're babies. They are little babies. I would say they did help though. They, they help with, um, we give our tenants uh, gifts uh, for Christmas. And so they were able to help hand those out. But um, no, other than that, they have no idea. I mean, I tell them, I'm like, yeah, that's your building, but they have no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah. Were there any lessons that you learned through that deal? Um, I think that, I, I think that my biggest lesson was just the, um, the fact that we had to use our own money to fix things. We kind of, I knew, I guess, I don't know. I feel like I psyched myself out when I overthink things, right? And so going into it, I was like, oh my God. I feel like any other person would have been like, I can't do this deal because I'm going to have to come up with this amount of money. How am I going to do that? And it's not going to work. And so I just, you know, my husband and I, we just took the leap. 
and we were like, we're going to figure this out. And we did, and it worked out great, you know? So that's, that, that was definitely my lesson is just to kind of, um, not psych myself out, just do it and just, you know, fix problems as they go. Cause we're, I think that's awesome because most of the time, if you take that leap and you keep working at it every single day, mm -hmm. it comes out even better than you'd expected. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when you're in it, it's really hard to see that, but when it's over or if you can even just take a moment just to realize even a week into the project or a week, a month into the process, mm -hmm. you see everything that has changed and everything that's happened. It just, it makes me excited yeah. to take the next leap. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. do it again because it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. You don't have to know how everything's going to line up and where everything's going to go. You just got to keep going one at a time. And honest to goodness, when you're in the middle of some of those deals, it feels like it's just problem after problem after problem. Mm -hmm. It's always like that. But it, a lot of them fix themselves mm -hmm. or fixing one takes care of five other problems. Yeah. Yep. And you know, that's part of life. We're humans. Mm -hmm. Things mm -hmm. break. We're dealing with houses. These are old buildings. They're not designed to stand and never have a little problem. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. people used to tell me all the time, well, what if, what if there's something wrong with the house? I'm like, well, we're looking at a 30 year old house. I'm 35. There's problems with me. Mm -hmm. We look at a 70 year old house or a seven-year-old body there's going to be problems yep, absolutely yep you know don't mm -hmm. pretend it's going to be perfect i got a brand new house with problems mm -hmm. so you just got to know that they're going to be there mm -hmm. and to take them one at a time and not totally. make a mountain out of that molehill <laughs> yeah it's easy to do that yeah well tell me about some wholesaling tell me what you're doing with the wholesaling so um we wholesale about, I would say, um, on average, about two to three properties a month. Um, and so we're, we're, you know, we're focused on one county, but we're looking to kind of get into other counties as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I like wholesaling a lot. I actually like wholesaling more than flipping. Um, it's just, you know, I did the flip. I did one flip and, and it was great. I mean, I, I, a lot of lessons learned, but it's just the process that is so long from beginning to end whereas wholesaling it's like you get the property under contract you find the buyer and you know we can do things within a week if that you know uh two weeks maybe three weeks depending on the county but it's just i like the the, the fast turn turnaround i i can enjoy that from wholesaling and a lot of times the payday is the same whether it takes a week or six months mm -hmm. the actual payday mm -hmm. is the same yep <laughs> you know people will show flipping checks where they made 50 grand but they actually spent 42. Yeah. So they made eight and yeah. they could have wholesaled it in the beginning and made eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I love wholesaling for that reason. Also, my end goal is passive income or not really passive, but you know, monthly mailbox mm -hmm. money coming mm -hmm. in. And so I, I did a lot of flipping in 2015 and I decided that process was too long mm -hmm. and I didn't like it either but wholesaling was a continual hustle. And so I said, you know, can I do a little bit of all of this? And that's how I settled into lease options. Yeah. Cause you get those big lumps, but you get that monthly money too. Mm -hmm. So it's good. So wholesaling, tell me about your favorite wholesale deal. Um, I would like to say that my favorite wholesale deal, um, was probably one that didn't, there were no issues. Like we talked about problems and I, I tell everyone there's always like, 
you would expect everything to be like a straight line and it's never a straight line. It is literally like this. And I think that um, the one wholesale deal we had, it was like, I remember calling April and just saying like, is this for real? Like, are we really going to close tomorrow on this property? Because it just went so smooth. And even walking into the title company, I was like on my toes thinking that something was just gonna, you know, flip. Um, but no, everything ended up going really well. And so, um, and I would say, I mean, there's been a lot of, um, when you have that connection with the seller, you know, and you understand what they're going through and, and at the end, when we're at, when we're at the title company and we're closing and they give you a hug because they're so thankful for you, that like, you know, just makes everything so worthwhile. And I've had a few of those where, you know, I can think back to the seller and, and remember their face and the way they cried and, and the way they were just so thankful that we were able to help. Um, those are always my, my favorites. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Cause the other day in first build and fast one, of the ladies posted a question and it's a, it's a good question. Like why would a seller take my low offer instead of getting more money for their property? Mm -hmm. So how do you answer that? Why would a seller take less than they could get if they listed it or if they kept it or why will a seller take a wholesale price from you? I would be happy and hug you and cry at closing. Yeah, I would definitely say that um, I think they're asking the wrong question, right? What was the problem that you were trying to fix? What was the problem? Um, and so I think when we think that way, when we think like, well, why are they, why are they, I think that's just like a negative, that's just like something in you trying to convince you that what you're doing is wrong and you're looking at it in a way that you shouldn't be looking at it. It's more of, let's flip the, the script and say, okay, well, what are, what am I doing here? What am I trying to, how am I trying to help this seller? And that is when it all makes sense. I think I had another lady in my mastermind who asked a similar question the other day. And then later on in the conversation, she was talking about, oh no, I don't want those dinky little houses. And I thought, you know, let's not judge Mm -hmm. a book by its cover and let's not judge a house by whatever situation the seller has to be in right now that's mm -hmm. why I asked about your your mm -hmm. triplex seller like what was going on with her was she just straight up neglectful or did she have life going on and she mm -hmm. had a life going on mm -hmm. and I want to really encourage everybody not to be judgy mm -hmm. because when you're judgy you're definitely not getting any deals done no I need you to be open and willing to help people with problems because when you're out there looking for people with problems that you can help in this way mm -hmm. then you just tell everybody else no and people go oh I can't tell them no I have to help everybody yeah. well yeah yeah mm -hmm. do you want to try to help everybody or do you want to actually help mm -hmm. two to three people a month mm -hmm. That's yeah. an awesome, awesome deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be a good deal. I love to talk about the good, bad, and ugly. Tell yeah. me about an ugly deal. Um, man, an ugly deal. I would say that, I would think that my flip, I would consider an ugly deal just because um, I didn't make as much money as I expected or anticipated. I And that was more of just like a newbie um you know, newbie, newbie, um, I guess, um, issues that I had. And I didn't, you know, um, I didn't estimate the rehab costs correctly. And I didn't estimate the closing costs correctly. And um, 
um, helping or assisting the uh, the sellers here um, where I live. There's a lot of um, assistance where you give like a certain percentage and they lowered the price and it was just this whole dilemma. At the end of the day though, I was just so thankful for the experience, you know, and that I was at least able to, to get some money and, you know, in our pockets. But um, definitely I would consider one of, I would consider that to be one of like my ugliest deals just because of, of, you know, all of that. Yeah. So you didn't make as much as you were expecting. You mind telling me what were you looking for? Yeah, I think we were expecting to make around like 18,000 and we made like around eight. Yep. Which isn't bad. Um, Isn't bad. You made $8,000 and you probably can't count how many lessons you learned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, the lessons were amazing. I learned so much and I was able to build so much relationships. It was the first time I used a a lender um, and he loved working with me. I mean, he, he asked me constantly, like, do you have a deal coming up? Cause I want to, you know, lend to you again and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so those lessons were definitely, um, life-changing. And on your good deal that we were talking about a minute ago, how much did you make on that one? Um, that good deal, I think we made 10,000 on that one. Yeah. So again, though, you can have a really great deal and you can close it really fast and make 10, or you can have an ugly deal that drags on forever and still make eight. Yep. And people watch the TV shows though, and they say, no, I got to flip houses and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I'm going to make $45,000. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, did you really? Yeah. Did you? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. Was it as much fun as it looked like on TV? Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. So we talked about fix and flip and tell me about lending because you are a lender and I think that is super interesting because a lot of people don't realize they could be a lender until they're, you know, a multi-gadillionaire mm-hmm. on, you know, Wall Street and competing with those guys. How can somebody who is a mom and a wife and working a regular job, be a private money lender. Yeah, so I actually have two forms of, I guess, accounts, <clears throat> excuse me, where I lend. Um, the first account is actually a HELOC that uh, we took out um, one of our um, houses. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Just in case somebody's totally new, what is a HELOC? Um, it's a home equity line of credit. And um, that means? So basically it is, uh, the bank will lend us, so this house is paid off um, completely. And so you live in or? um, It's actually someone that I'm related to, um, person's house, but I basically just um, deal with the whole financing of that. So um, we were able to get um, a a HELOC. So it's basically the the bank will lend us 80% of what the value of the house is. And so from that, we're able to, to lend. And right now that, that, there's a loan out on, on, on that, um, account. Um, so I, I started in houses and when I would get option fees or assignment fees or wholesale fees, I would pay off the houses that I had. Mm-hmm. So I ended up with a house free and clear and I did the exact same thing. I pulled a HELOC against a rental house that I had mm-hmm. and used that money to get into apartments. Nice. Okay. So I creatively self-funded my apartments, but it's the same, it's the same kind of principle. And lots of people either have equity in their personal house. That's why I asked, is it your house Mm -hmm. or their mom has equity or their sister has equity or somebody's got a house paid off and, or you've got a rental house paid off. Like the lady you bought your triplex from, Mm -hmm. you know, 
she could pull a home equity line of credit on that mm -hmm. and still have money coming in from the triplex, mm -hmm. but also have money coming in because she loaned out the value, 80% of the value of the property. Like, yeah, yes, please. So many opportunities. That's crazy when you uh, find out like what real estate can do, right? Yeah. There are thousands of ways to make money in real estate. Mm -hmm. And I became a private money lender just this year. April's been trying to tell me for like four or five years that I could be a lender. And I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I had all the excuses. Right. And April and I have a program together yeah, where yeah. we teach people how to do private money lending. And I was totally game for it until it became me being a lender. I'm game for borrowing other people's money. I'm yeah. game for fixing and flipping. But I, I, I swear it was like three years into it before she finally convinced me that I could be a lender. And I was like, after that, I, I did one loan. I did another loan. I've got a third loan out there. Like, it's just been like, duh, yeah. I have houses that I've paid off. Why not borrow against them? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I pay money to have the line with the bank, but I'm loaning it out for a lot more. Yeah. And, and I'm creating relationships with other people that need this mm -hmm. kind of situation. Yeah. It's totally amazing. And I say that because I've been in this for a while. And I just figured out another way to make money. Yeah. So you don't have to know all of it right up front at the beginning. You don't have to do it all in the beginning. It, I mean, you're three years in, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows what you'll be able to do in another three years, but you just got to <laughs> keep going. Yeah. And you got to have those relationships either with your family, your friends that have houses paid off. Mm -hmm. uh, another lady that is in the mastermind, she lives in Nashville, which is like stupid hot. Yeah. But a lot of her friends make crazy good money and their houses are paid off. So she's got great relationships with people she goes to church with and everything. And she says, hey, I do these deals and I'm paying this much. And then she just leaves it. Mm -hmm. And they always come back and go, how can I get in on that? Right, exactly. <laughs> right? It's not that hard. You just got to be out there and let people know what you're doing and then leave it. Yep. They'll come back if they want to play. Mm -hmm. So anyway, <laughs> so you've pulled a HELOC on a house and yep. you're using that to lend money, which is yep. brilliant. And you can either lend it to yourself or lend it to other people. Yeah. Like I lent mine to myself mm -hmm. so that I could buy my apartments, but now I'm lending it out to other people. Other people. Yep. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that. So, um, that's currently on a short term loan. Um, the, the, the person that, that, um, has the money, um, he basically used it to buy a rental and he's going to refinance out and then um, give the money back plus interest. Um, and so that's that. And then I also have my, since I left my job in August, I have my account in a um, self-directed IRA. And so you so, had like a retirement account from corporate America? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I never had one of those. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I think it's super cool that people yeah. have that money just yeah. in a little lump set aside for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to start lending that as well. So I'm actually talking to someone now and I think this one, um, I may be doing a, a longer term loan, um, just because I'll be able to have that money just coming in and then eventually, you know, they'll pay me the lump sum and then I can do it again. So there's I love tons it. of options. Yep. There are tons of options and a lot of ladies have those 401ks, but they don't know what to do with it. Somebody else has always just dealt with it, mm -hmm. but switching it into that self-directed IRA and then having a little bit of control and a little bit of opinion on what it should be used for, whether it was short-term or long-term, that has to be such an empowering feeling. Absolutely. 
And I think a lot of ladies just leave their money in a 401k because somebody else is dealing with it. Somebody else has got to take the headache of it and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind, somebody else is taking care of me. Y'all listen, this is 2020 and there's not a knight in shining armor that's going to take care of you. Like you're going to take care of you. Absolutely. Get control of your finances, y'all. Get it, get it together. It's time to be an adult. You're raising children out here. It's time to show them how to do this without waiting on somebody to save them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. That's just not going to happen anymore, girls. Mm -hmm. And once you're in on the deals and you do a flip or you watch somebody do a flip, you probably have enough experience to decide if you want to work with somebody and loan them your money or not. Mm -hmm. And then how much you want to make on it. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, worst case scenario, find somebody like Modesta in your area and say, Hey, I know, you know, what's up. Mm -hmm. Help me spend my money. <laughs> yep. I really like for women to actually know that they're getting a good deal though mm -hmm. and be able to evaluate a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely find someone who's, who's familiar with it and, and, you know, get their opinion. Yeah. And even if you're at the beginning now, just know that in three years you could be doing full-time investing, mm -hmm. but just do one deal at a time and know that it's going to work out just fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the lending and we've got one on short-term, one on long-term and we talked about the apartments and wholesaling, fixing, flipping. What else you got that we need to let the ladies know about? Um, I don't know. I'm really big on, on, um, partnering up with people. Um, and I think that's where I've had my most success. Um, not, I think that, ha that is where I've had my most success. When I first started, I think I had like a couple deals that just fell through. And I remember thinking like, maybe this isn't, isn't for me. Like, I was stressed and I was pregnant and huge <laughs> and I was just like oh my gosh like this isn't for me and so finally I just like you know um there were a couple of people investors here that were that were doing things and they saw that I was just out there like hustling you know like and just doing it and so they um the one guy actually asked me to to partner up with him and he basically supplied the funds to market um, and then I was the one going out, putting properties under contract, finding buyers and things like that. And he would do that as well. But, um, I just, I've had my the most success. And so a lot of people always come up to me and, and they'll say, well, um, how do you find someone, you know? Um, and I just get a lot of like emails and, and messages about, um, oh, I'm, I'm just struggling. And I always just go back to the same thing. You need to find people in your area that are killing it and just ask them like, what can I do? What can I do to help? even if you're not getting paid in the beginning, but just do it so that they can see that you're actually committed and that you're doing it and things will fall into place. Things will fall into place. I agree. And how do you handle all the marketing that goes along with wholesaling and fixing and flipping and maintaining those relationships and building new relationships and what's the marketing side like? Um, so April and I kind of have it divided. Um, she deals a lot with like the actually ordering, um, actually ordering of, of marketing and things like that. And so I deal with like the incoming calls and stuff and it's just really day by day. I, some days are crazy. Some days we're like texting each other, like, wow, we just got like 20 calls. Like I'm going to handle the, you know, so it's, it's, and some days we, we get a few calls. So it's just handling it day by day. I mean, I, I don't, um, you know how it is, Whitney. It, it's like, today could be crazy, tomorrow can be light, you know? And so it's just kind of um, programming your day so that you have time slots where you can handle, you know, your marketing and, and your calling of sellers and stuff, yeah. 
it's the quiet days that freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> it always is. Those are the worst days. Yeah. Because you know it's coming. It's like, okay, it's quiet today, but I know tomorrow's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's like, I'm checking my phone, making sure the Verizon bill got paid. Like, yeah. hey, like what is going on here? <laughs> I didn't wake up to all these things happening. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different balance because mm -hmm. it's not that you can just plug in from nine to five. You got to be ready to handle it when it comes. And even different months and different seasons are heavier than others. Even the heavy during the slow season isn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as you're ready, mm -hmm. you it can is. handle whatever gets thrown Absolutely. at you. And I, and I will admit there are times where I give my daughter some popsicles so they can stay, you know, in the living room, eat their popsicles while I go call sellers. It happens probably more than I should let it happen, but, um, you know, we have to do what we got to do. I mean, you got to buy those popsicles, right? Right. <laughs> I need 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> how, how do you balance momming and wifing? And um, do, you, do you send the girls to any kind of daycare? Anybody help you do that so you can yeah. work yeah. a regular yeah. shift? My, uh, my, my three-year-old, she goes to preschool, so she's there um, basically all day. And then um, my two-year-old is at home. Um, but um, if it's not my mother-in-law um, who watches her, my mother does. Um, and so, like, right now I'm, I'm in my little office, but she's, she's in the living room with my mom. Um, and, yeah, it, when they say it takes a village, they're not lying. <laughs> I never really understood that until I actually had kids, and, and now it's like, you know um, – it's a struggle some days. I'm not going to lie. Some days I'm trying to do stuff and the girls just like, they just want to be on me, you know, like, and I'm just like, girls, I need to finish this, you know, and I'm just trying to, and they don't know what, you know, they don't know. They just want mommy, you know? Um, so it's, it's a struggle. Um, but it's, I've, I've been, um, mastering how to breathe and, you know, just like <laughs> calm down and just get them uh, occupied a little bit doing something so I can finish things. So it's just taking it day by day. I love that. And that's why we're doing all of these things mm -hmm. is so that we can have even just a, a spare moment yep. to enjoy mom and, mm -hmm. and living. Yep. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you've got some help. Thank I'm, you. Glad, <laughs> I'm glad you got that situated. Uh, there's a lady in First Load and Fast and she says, you know, she got into real estate so that she could be a full-time mom but daycare is the best thing that ever happened to her. <laughs> I would definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. She was like, this is not what I expected, but do I ever need this? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm super proud of you. You're doing awesome things. I love seeing what you're doing on Facebook and keeping up with all the adventures that you and April are going yeah. on. And this is fantastic. Do you have any advice for the ladies that are just getting started or trying to get their first deal or they're in the beginning of those first three years and they can't see the end of the tunnel what kind of advice do you have for the ladies that are getting started yeah definitely um one keep going it's like we've talked about um you know during this conversation is that things are never straight the line is never like this it's always going to be like this or days that you know you're going to wish like um things would just fall in your lap. It's not going to happen. You know, like we, you just have to keep going, um, you know, find the right resources, you know, join groups, real estate groups, investing groups, women group, um, and just find people that are just killing it and just, you know, make yourself known, like, who are you and what can you do? 
Um, and even if you don't know what to do, you tell them, you just be honest with them and say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know this is what I want to do. So if you can just teach me one thing, I'll do it. Even if you do it for free for a few, you know, a few weeks, um, just do it. And, and I'm telling you everything, you know, everything will align, um, after that. That's awesome. Yeah. Very good advice. Keep going. I love that. Keep going. <laughs> and if anybody wants to reach out and ask you any questions or anything, where should they get a hold of you or how can we keep up with you? Sure. Um, so my Instagram um, name is actually REI underscore mom underscore of underscore two, mom of two. Um, and then my Facebook is, is uh, Modesta, uh, last name H H E R E D I A. Awesome. All yeah. right. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you all so much for listening and joining us on the She Buys It podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Check us out. Find the Facebook group, She Buys It, How to Become a Real Estate Investor. And I have a free gift for everybody. Go to getyourfirstdeal.com and get started. Please just get started and then keep going. Mm -hmm. Keep going. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.